This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. My countrymen and my friends, I had hoped against hope that some miracle would prevent a devastating war and bring to an end the invasion. This most serious threat World Wrestling Federation has ever known. The long-term future sports entertainment could change forever. A succession of actual wars have shaken the entire world and have threatened to bring on the gigantic conflict, which is today unhappily a fact. Place to be nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Nation Invasion. I'm your host, James Gruenberg, and I have another guest with me here tonight as we continue on with this invasion of the WWF. He is the host of Highway to the Impact Zone, and he is a co-host of YouTube Roulette. That is Mr. Logan Crossland. Logan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great tonight, Grooney. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, running running with this uh, podcast idea that I had, you know, to cover the uh, invasion, uh, you know, because like, it seems like it's an untouched uh, territory. You know, TNA isn't formed, isn't, uh, formed yet, you know, WCW is out. ECW's out, you know, so I wanted to cover what was going to, what was going to happen, uh, with, uh, WCW, like, you know, the aftermath of WCW. So here I am doing this podcast, uh, the nation invasion, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Uh, definitely an uncovered, uh, territory, uh, here on the place of your nation feeds, uh, definitely an interesting idea, uh, Probably, uh, you know, according to a lot of people, a uh, storyline that didn't pan out as well as uh, a lot of people would have liked to have. But I think it's kind of unheralded era for, like, in-ring uh, action, because as we'll get into tonight with some of the matches that we had. Um, but, yeah, I think in-ring-wise, this is probably one of their better eras. But uh, the storyline may not have gone how a lot of people wanted it to, so... Yeah, uh, Logan. When when you're uh, when you hear the initial thoughts of the invasion, you know you said it's not the way the storyline went. What went through your mind? Uh, like, did you? Well, I don't think you watched his live, did you? But like, when you go back to it, like, what were you thinking was going to happen with the uh, WCW invasion? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, the initial thoughts is, um, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't watching live, like you said, but I've watched uh, 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 
afterwards of course um on the network and stuff like that but um you know you would think at the time and i wouldn't have been reading dirt sheets or anything like that at this point so i wouldn't have known about all the contracts and stuff like that so you would have thought that you know they could bring in hogan and the nwo and goldberg and all those kind of guys and just have like the best of the best go up against each other and you know they have the kind of war that they have but um uh, obviously, they couldn't get the uh, they couldn't get some of the people to uh, get away from the Turner contract. So they eventually bring most of the guys in. Uh, uh, Sans Sting pretty much Sting's pretty much the only one uh, that was a major star that didn't come in. But um, you know they get everybody eventually. But you were kind of hoping that they could get them all at once and make this thing like the most epic story in the history of wrestling. But um, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, indeed. It didn't work out that way. You know, most of the guys uh, who were off their contracts would come in around 2002, 2003, because, you know, 2001 mm-hmm. was still like, hey, I'm still getting a check. I can just walk to the mailbox and uh, not have to do anything, you know, until uh, the next one comes into the mailbox. So I exactly. wouldn't like, <laughs> you know, like everyone says, I wouldn't mind just walking up to the mailbox and uh, collecting a check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially one with as many zeros as they probably uh, some of those guys probably had. So definitely not a bad gig. <laughs> no, not at all. You know, love the last. Um, so the last Raw was in uh, Calgary. We saw Lance Storm invade, and it sort of gave you like that little like head nod. It's like, oh wait a second, that's not a WWF employee. That's Lance Storm. He's worked for WCW. And, like, you know, at the time, um, you know, I don't, I mean, I knew everyone knew that, like, WCW was gone who watched the last night. But it's like, oh, what's he doing here? You know, maybe not enough to, like, call your friend and be like, hey, uh, Lance Storm just invaded, you know. Mm. But, like, you know, I feel like just enough to, like, turn the head of, like, hmm, wonder what else is going to happen with uh, these guys. Are they going to bring in more guys, like, you know, from, WCW, like, what's going on, you know? So uh, we'll get another one uh, here tonight with the uh, those shows that we're covering as well. So uh, mm. it'll uh, be good. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, you, it, it, you, you would think, you know, yeah, you might not get super excited for Lance Storm, but you kind of see that, oh, a WCW guy's showing up. So maybe through the weeks it'll build and get, like, cooler and cooler and cooler. So, you know, like, maybe eventually the last one is Goldberg showing up or something like that. But obviously uh, that never happens. But you, that's that you kind of get that feeling and it kind of gets you excited that, you know, more and more guys are going to come in week by week. So Yeah, yeah. But uh, with that being said, let's uh, kick off um, this one, uh, this uh, Raw and SmackDown uh, that we have. Um, one one note that I have here uh, from this WWF Raw in uh, Minneapolis was that Eddie Guer- Eddie Guerrero at this tape at this uh, live Raw he is sent home from the show and he is. He's eventually going to be released, but that's not until November. But he showed up to work uh, at the arena in no condition, really. And according to, like, Chavo Guerrero, who has gone on the record, and, like, I feel like a lot of other people have gone on the record saying that, you know, Chris Benoit saw Eddie Guerrero and, like, let everyone know. Even Dean Malenko, he was like, Eddie Guerrero, Eddie is in no 
no condition to work tonight too. Whether he was strung up on pills or he was just like high, it seemed like Eddie Guerrero was on drugs here because he is sent home and he sits out the remainder of the invasion. He would eventually he'll eventually get arrested in uh, late 2001, and he is officially released in November of 2001 following that arrest. The last Raw and uh, SmackDown that I covered, uh, we saw Eddie Guerrero teaming with the Hardy Boys because it seems by now the Radicals, they're they're gone in a way. Like Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko are still teaming up, as we'll see here tonight. But it does seem like the group, the Radicals, is gone. You know, Chris Benoit is doing is off to the main event. You know, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn are really hanging on to it. But Eddie Guerrero is left alone here. He's trying new things. He was the European champion. He lost that to Matt Hardy. And then, you know, he starts teaming up with the Hardy boys here. What I think would have happened, and also, Logan, he starts getting an eye on Lita, too. So what I thought was going to happen was that Eddie Guerrero was going to start you know, using his like mamacita charms to try and lure Lita away from Matt Hardy, only to be caught and maybe get a uh, European title rematch versus Matt Hardy. But, you know, fate had it that Eddie Guerrero was in no condition to work tonight and he was sent mm-hmm. home and he sat out for the rest of the the whole year. And he was arrested and released at this time. Uh, yeah, not, not, yeah, not not a good time for uh, Mr. Guerrero. But, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think they probably would have done something where uh, Eddie was trying to get with uh, Lita while she was uh, dating Matt. Uh, and it would have led to more uh, European title matches and maybe Eddie gets the belt back. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, I think this is just a rough time in his life. I think he really struggled with the pills and the uh, the alcohol at this point. So, um, it just finally caught up to him. Uh, obviously, his friends were worried about him. Uh, I don't think Benoit would have done that if he wasn't, like, truly concerned for him. I don't think he would have called him out. Um, I think, you know, he was truly concerned as a buddy and a friend. Um, but, yeah, just just it's rough to see him not be able to participate in this, uh, this uh, whole storyline because, you know, he was such an integral part of the cruiserweight division uh, for WCW for so long. So, uh, sad to see him not be able to participate in this, but I think he got help and uh, came out better on the other side. Uh, yeah, and this is also like the uh, the second release uh, within um, a week of each other. The first one was uh, Grandmaster Sexy, and uh, it's continuing here because uh, Eddie Guerrero is gone too. So uh, hopefully uh, something comes uh, good, uh, you know, the next week on uh, Raw where <laughs> no one gets uh, let go or can't. Yeah, we can only hope. <laughs> yeah. So we are live from Minneapolis, Minnesota tonight at Target Center. This is WWF Raw from June 4th, 4th, 2001. We get a recap of SmackDown where it was Stone Cold and Chris Benoit for the WWF title. Benoit was still wearing the um, still wearing the bandages around his ribs. And he is just getting decimated by Stone Cold. 
And uh, it looked like Chris Benoit was going to, uh, you know, make Stone Cold submit. But every time he got close, Stone Cold always got to the ropes. So finally, Stone Cold grabs Chris Benoit's tights for the roll-up. And uh, that's how Stone Cold wins. So Stone Cold takes the cowardly way out and uses the uh, tights. So I don't think Benoit and or Jericho are going anywhere uh, from Stone Cold. So Stone Cold's troubles are not done with him yet with Benoit and Jericho yeah yeah, 100% yeah they're they're definitely going to be still in the picture going forward because it seems like anytime he does get a victory over him it's kind of in a cheap way so um that he'll definitely be they'll definitely be a thorn in his side going uh, forward from here (laughs) yep so we have a intercontinental title match to kick this off it is Kane versus Christian now Christian was returning from um, injury from that TLC um, TLC match on SmackDown two weeks ago. Christian really got like the brunt of the injuries, and uh, it, he needed like a whole uh, week off from um, work because you know the injuries from that match were really getting to him. But he is back now after Edge unsuccessfully gets the. Uh, can I wrestle away the Intercontinental title? It's Christian's turn to see if he can beat Kane for the Intercontinental Championship. Christian makes fun of uh, Minnesota and Kirby Plunkett and Kevin Garnett. So he's taking shots, mm-hmm. at, uh, you know, the Timberwolves. And uh, I forget uh, who uh, Kirby, uh, the, what was it? The, the Twins. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the baseball star, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, again, just GP make fun of, like, you know, those sports guys. So mm-hmm. then Kane comes out. Kane unloads on Christian. Flying clothesline by Kane. Christian sends Kane into the steps and Edge assaults Kane. A drop kick to Kane's face. A tilt-a-whirl slam to Christian. Edge tries to distract Kane but gets close lo- choke slammed by Kane. But all of a sudden... Uh, you know, um, Kane and uh, I mean, uh, Kane and Christian are on the um, are on the outside fighting, and the referees with them. The WCW like you know music goes off, and it's like a, a missile alarm. Like, all of a mm-hmm. sudden, Hugh Morris comes out, and he delivers, and he gives Edge the the his uh, uh, trademark moon salt. And uh, he runs away from the crowd. You know, I like how the referee is really dealing with uh, Kane and Christian on the outside. Like, he doesn't hear an alarm blaring to look at <laughs> what's going on. Like, he's really distracted. So he really sold this uh, this distraction. So then Hugh Morris leaves. Christian tries to hit the unprettier on Kane, but gets countered to a power bomb for the win. So Kane beats Christian and retains the uh, intercontinental title. I went two and a quarter on it, Logan. I liked it, you know, um, a little bit of offense from Christian, but not really that much, mm-hmm. you know, and Kane just really dominates. And uh, we have another WCW uh, invader. It is Hugh Morris this time, Logan, your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it as well. I gave it two. Um, 
I, I like Edge and Christian shitting on the Minneapolis sports uh, teams and icons when they came out. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I like Kane's power offense. He completely overpowers Christian the whole time. Christian's really only offense is when Edge kind of provides a distraction or he just kind of avoids Kane charging at him uh, in the corner. Uh, but every time, even if he does get a little bit of offense, it's kind of short-lived. Um, we get Hugh Morris, um, another maybe lower-tier guy. Uh, so you maybe you maybe you can see it's kind of building towards maybe a mid card guy is going to come in eventually, but um, exciting to see another guy pop in. And I always loved uh, Kane's little alternate power bomb finisher that he pulls out in this era. So uh, pretty cool to see that. And uh, it, I love his power offense, and he just completely dominates Christian here. So I, uh, like I said, I went to. Yeah, uh, Kane is really doing a dominant run with the uh, Intercontinental Title ever since getting it away from. Uh, Triple H. We see in the back that Shane McMahon is in the production truck, you know, so he's fooling around with the WCW controls. Uh, so he's still a thorn in his father's back and like, you know, the WWF side as well. Vince McMahon comes out to uh, Vince McMahon comes out to the ring. You know, he's not in a good mood since another WCW invader came in. So he comes out to the ring, says, Shane is a disruptive force, and Vince will prevent him from disrupting the show. Ask who the hell is Chris Benoit? Points out all the damage Benoit did to him. Like, he really bashes Mr. McMahon with a chair on SmackDown last week. Mm -hmm. However, he points out that Stone Cold has beaten Benoit twice and will not get another title shot here tonight. Said... Stone Cold says Stone Cold doesn't deserve that kind of uh, treatment. It says Chris Benoit will face Big Show tonight. Mick Foley comes out to the ring, and he pulls out a contract. He's also supporting his uh, – showing off his uh, book, you know, uh, Foley is good. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a two-time number one best-selling author. Buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out a bookmark, which is a con one of those contracts that Linda McMahon uh, gave him to sign. Foley can make a main event on Raw anytime he wants. It says Stone Cold will face Chris Jericho tonight. However, and Chris Benoit and Mr. McMahon are barred from ringside. However, Vince McMahon says, well, you can only make that match in Connecticut since we're not in Connecticut that contract is void so Mick Foley can only make uh matches and main events if they're at the Hartford Civic Center in Connecticut <laughs> <laughs> however in Minnesota Vince McMahon does not run Minnesota the governor does so how comes Jesse Ventura Jesse Ventura comes out, says that Vince McMahon doesn't control him. Ventura uses his powers to make the match official. Foley says that he will have a big surprise tonight. Your thoughts on this segment, Logan? I, I thought it was really well done. Uh, just the all the facials that uh, you know Vince has. He's he's concerned whenever Jesse gets called out, and whenever the contract's kind of brought up, and Linda's name is kind of brought up because they're going through the whole divorce angle right now. Um, he says some stuff about Benoit that I thought was like 
you know, looking back, and this is kind of prophetic, like, like what he says is like, and it's up kind of being true in real life. So I was kind of like, oh, that kind of is uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, just all, all the stuff he says is great. Um, Foley's really good in this segment, just pushing the book uh, while also kind of screwing Vince at the same time. Um, Jesse had the, the jacket he was wearing was like this, like red snakeskin thing. So it was a hell of a jacket for sure. But, um, it was good to see Jesse. I wasn't expecting that going into these episodes. So, um, but, and then Foley lays the little thing at the end and he has a big surprise at the end of the night. So that's a kind of a through line for the rest of the episode, but good segment went kind of long, but you know, uh, I understand it at the same time. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, really good uh, to see Jesse come back here. You know, when I was thinking Minneapolis, I was, like, saying to myself, I think this is the one where Jesse comes out, you know? <laughs> I guess I was watching, I was like, Minneapolis? Oh, this is when Jesse, I remember, I was like, this is when Jesse the Body Ventura came out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, good yep. on Jesse for uh, enforcing him, just like he did in 99 when he enforced himself. <laughs> Referee exactly. for something. Plan to anything that is Minnesota belongs to Ventura. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so now we have a King of the Ring qualifying match. This is Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy. But um, you know, backstage uh, Stone Cold and uh, Deborah arrive mm-hmm. as well here. But um, so this is probably I feel like this match was probably laid out like Monday afternoon, like, you know, it's like the last minute maybe that, Hey, Eddie Guerrero got sent home. We need to do something. So why don't we just put you guys in the KO King of the ring tournament, um, qualifying match because, you know, the, um, the tournament is coming up and, uh, we need to get some more matches. And, uh, since Eddie's gone, you know, we might as well do something with you guys here. Yeah, for sure. I think that they, they could probably had to scramble a little bit for this one, but it's cool to see the brothers kind of face off uh, for one of the first times here. Yep. Both try to go for early pins. Matt tries to go for a twist of fate early, but Jeff counters. Jeff lands a corkscrew moonsault for a two count. Jeff misses a dive and gets DDT'd. A jawbreaker to Matt. Jeff misses the swanton bomb when Matt gets his knees up, gets the knees up. Matt tries to do the twist of fate, but he gets countered for a roll-up by Jeff. And Jeff Hardy gets the three count here. I went two and a half on it. I feel that this match sort of lacks because I feel that both Hardys know what the other one is thinking. So when you think of brother versus brother, like it's like, I know your every move. I'm going to know your every move. So it's like, which one is going to, you know, uh, screw up first, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and uh, make the big mistake. It felt like Jeff was going to make that big mistake. And Matt was going to get the win when uh, Matt Hardy countered the Swan Tom. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, Jeff Hardy was a step ahead of Matt when he, countered the twist of fate into a roll-up, you know, so uh, Jeff Hardy gets the win here. I went two and a half, so Jeff Hardy will advance in this King of the Ring tournament match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, for as short as this match was, I really enjoyed it as well, and like you said, uh, it was it was very counter, that, that was filled with a lot of counters, because uh, they know each other so well, because they're brothers, the tag team partners, they know how each other work, so it was just a matter of who was going to catch that first uh, rever- or that, that 
reversal that finally finished it off, and it was Jeff who got the uh, roll up there at the end. Just a just a couple of moves. The whisper in the wind that he hit on him, I hit on Matt. Uh, he absolutely crushed him with that. Um, the little like backdrop ricochet DDT that uh, Matt hit on Jeff on the outside was pretty cool. And the knees uh, getting up on the swanton always looks real brutal to me. So, um, but I thought it was a good surprise win for Jeff. Gave him a little. Uh, boost because uh, Matt's the European champion, so he obviously has had more single success recently. But uh, Jeff starts a pretty good week here uh, with this victory of his brother. Yeah, he does. Uh, what would you uh, give it, uh, Logan? Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I, I gave it two. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. No, so <laughs> uh, backstage here, uh, Mr. McMahon informs Stone Cold he will defend the title against Jericho. Stone Cold is not happy. He tells Vince to fix it. He tells Vince to uh, give half of his money to Linda. And that Vince will not do, will do no such thing because she doesn't deserve any of it. <laughs> My damn back's hurting, Vince. You got to do something about this. So, yeah, good, good little back and forth with Austin and Vince there. <laughs> yep. Then we get William Regal. He's telling Jerry how tea should be made when Kurt Angle comes in. So Jerry lets out a scream because he doesn't want to get his butt kicked by uh, Kurt Angle again. Regal <laughs> says that, yeah, Regal says that Shane has accepted uh, Kurt's challenge and allows Kurt and will allow Kurt to actually defend his King of the Ring uh, title and. Um, so King of the so Kurt Angle will be allowed to wrestle in the King of the Ring tournament as well as facing Shane McMahon. So we'll have to see how far Kurt Angle gets uh, in the tournament because his King of the Ring title is on the line as well. So Kurt Angle is really doing a lot here. Um, you know, uh, he's going to defend his uh, King of the Ring title and he'll face Shane McMahon at King of the Ring, whether or not. Kurt Angle, how far Kurt Angle gets to get in the tournament, he will face Shane McMahon. Yeah, yeah, the the, the fact that he's willing to wrestle at least maybe two matches, possibly three, uh, is kind of insane. But uh, he he wants Shane, uh, he wants revenge on Shane uh, for ruining his little uh, medal ceremony that I think he had a few weeks before this. Uh, so he uh, really wants to get his hands on Shane, but he also wants to defend his crown. So uh, big big ups for uh, Angle wanting to do that. I <laughs> uh, guess indeed as well. Um, so now we have. Um, but also, so Kurt wants a match with Spike Dudley. However, Regal says, why don't you go, why don't I make this a six-man tag match? Since the Dudleys and the Hollies are already involved in a match, why don't I put you with the Hollies and Spike with the Dudley boys to make it a six-man tag match? And then Kurt is like, well, I don't know, but... I broke Hardcore Holly's arm last year, and I uh, hate I hate Crash Holly with a chair. He said something to that effect, but mm-hmm. I'm going to forgive them, so I'm in. So it'll be a six-man tag: the Dudley Boys and Spike versus Hardcore the Hollies and Kurt Angle in their uh, their corner as well. So that'll be a six-man, and then you know the Dudley. Um, so then. Dudley boys need to tell Spike he needs to focus on the match 
tonight and not Molly Holly. Speaking of Molly Holly, Molly is at New York, at WF New York, says she really likes Spike as well. So, Logan, <laughs> a lot going on backstage here. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, a- Angle talks about all of his uh, things that he's done to the Hollies uh, throughout the last few months or last year or so. Uh, I think he even even says he said something inappropriate to Molly Holly at some point too. So he's uh he's offended all of the Hollies at some point uh, in the past. Um, but yeah, he really wants Spike because Spike I think interfered in his match the previous week or something to that effect. Um, and then the whole Molly and Spike relationship thing is just weird and <laughs> I don't know. I, no it, it it. it it yeah it plays a plays a big part on SmackDown and uh, it ends up being a pretty good comedic through line through through SmackDown's uh uh you know the the hour and a half that we we get of that uh, program but um just just good good stuff by Kurt Angle anytime you can get him in kind of a little bit of a comedy segment it's always a win. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what are your thoughts on this um on this Spike Dudley versus and Molly Holly relationship? Uh, it, 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 it's, it's okay. It's fine. It gives them something to do, but it's just kind of weird and awkward. But I mean, I think that's kind of what it's supposed to be. So it plays for some good laughs, uh, eventually. So uh, I guess it works. Yeah. So now we do have that six man tag match, Dudley boys versus the Hollies and Kurt Angle. Spike starts off versus Spike starts off versus hardcore tags to Devon, a dropkick to Devon. A power slam to hardcore. Hardcore slams spike to the sends spike to the outside. Hard shots is spiked by crash and hardcore. Uh, uh, hardcore like sticks his knees to spike's back. Tagged the bubble ray, but the ref didn't see it. German suplex by Kurt to Spike. A diving stomp off the top rope by Spike to Kurt. A bubble bomb to hardcore, a German suplex to Bubba. Kurt misses the moonsault, a what's up bomb to Kurt Angle, a 3D to Crash, but then Kurt Angle uh, gives the angle slam to Bubba Ray for the win here. Logan, this match was pretty good. Uh, you know, Spike Dudley was really holding his own against Kurt. Well, I like that um, off the top rope stomp that. Um, Spike Dudley gives to Kurt here a lot of action. You know, everyone is hitting their spots in. I, I went, um, I went three. I actually went three stars on it, Logan. I really like this. Uh, you know, it was a lot of brawling and uh, Kurt Angle, like you know, he gets the uh, win here with the angle slam. So I went three stars on it, Logan. A very good, solid match. Yeah, I thought it was a really solid six-man tag. I, I went two and a half. Uh, I love that they already had friction between Hardcore and Angle before the match even started. They were kind of snipping back and forth at each other who, on who was going to start the match. Um, Spike, at the beginning of the match, sneaks a punch in on Angle and then immediately runs to his corner and tags out. So he kind of pulls a little chicken shit move there. I like that a lot. Um Hardcore does the, uh, you know, where he has kind of Spike's head over the top rope and then he kind of kicks him in the quote-unquote midsection, but he kicks him straight out of the ring, so I thought that was a pretty good spot as well. Um, That stomp that you talked about I thought was really sick from Spike on Kurt. I thought that was a good move. Um, Bubba comes in with a lot of fire um, and kills both of the Hollies and Angle uh, temporarily. 
Um, and then I, I thought it was uh, kind of fitting that he called for B- Devon to go out and get the tables. But while Devon was kind of doing that, Kurt snuck in and got the uh, angle slam. So, yeah, really good six-man, really solid match. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see what happens with, um, you know, Hardcore Holly and Kurt Angle. Uh, is there beef squashed yet? We don't know. But uh looks like, you know, the Dudley boys are uh, – you know, still a little off uh, with Spike too, so we'll see where that uh, where that all pans out as well. Uh-huh. But now we have the Big Show versus Chris Benoit. Mister McMahon said that Chris Benoit was going to face the Big Show here tonight, so we have this. I want to point something out too uh, before we get into uh, this match uh, up here. All on commentary, I don't. I'm sure you probably picked up on this, but if you did. He's saying that both men, which is true, but a little weird on Benoit's side, both men are former WCW heavyweight champions. And he mm-hmm. points out that Benoit is an undefeated champion as well, which I sort of really laughed at. I was like, well, Paul, he didn't, he vacated the title. I don't know if like, anyone like really was inside on that reference but i i remember like watching it i was like why would he bring that up unless he's trying to be like snarky and like a smart mark you know because that's like what oh it's the smart mark uh commentator where he doesn't think like people are gonna really pick up on that stuff but i thought it was funny how he said that chris benoit was an undefeated wcw heavyweight champion yeah, 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 and it, it was kind of one of those things that made you think, like, hmm, is he on the WCW side? He he said something like that, and it kind of uh, implies that maybe one of these guys may defect to the WCW side whenever they come in at full strength or whatever. But, yeah, it was kind of an interesting uh, to kind of lay that out there for sure. Yeah, so we do have Big Show versus Chris Benoit. Chops to the Big Show. Benoit gets thrown into the turnbuckle. A huge clothesline to Benoit. A bear hug by the Big Show, huge boots of the huge big boots of Benoit. So Big Show is just really going to town on Benoit here, like with the press slam. Big Show misses an elbow drop, a kick to Big Show. Benoit goes for a diving headbutt, but is caught for a choke slam. But that gets countered into the cross face, and the Big Show submits here. I went two and three quarters, Logan. A really good finish. How uh, Benoit gets caught with the uh, the cross uh, the, with the um, diving headbutt. He gets caught and it goes up for the choke slam. But then Benoit counters that into the cross face for the win. Uh, really, really good stuff here. Uh, with like Big Show was just really dominating um, Benoit here. But another great showing, and uh, Benoit pulls out another one too. So. He's still like um, defending that he is the rabid Wolverine, and uh, Benoit is a force not to be reckoned with. Yeah, again, this is another kind of short match, but for what what they were given, uh, I, I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, lots of strikes, lots of chops, uh, which you know it comes along with a lot of Benoit matches. He hits a lot of knife edge chops and a lot of uh, physical strikes. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, you know Benoit gets kind of caught with the. Uh, in the choke slam position from going for the di- diving headbutt, so I thought that was a quick, uh, cool transition uh, from from that move. And then he kind of escapes the uh, choke slam and 
locks in the cross face and gets the win. But um, yeah, for that they weren't given much time, but for what they did get did get, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job with it. So I, I went to uh, again, uh, but I thought it was really well done. Uh, yeah, it was. So we'll see uh, where everyone uh, hangs on to as we get into SmackDown as well. Mm-hmm. Undertaker comes to the ring. He has uh, last uh, last week on Monday Night Raw from um, Calgary. A video a video arrived for Jim Ross, uh, and uh, it said that we were going to meet the Undertaker's wife. He got a message saying that we were going to meet the Undertaker's wife. A video plays when Undertaker isn't around on Raw. It's of his wife, Sarah. And we get another video of Sarah again on SmackDown. So this time the Undertaker is here. He says whoever is stalking his wife has a death list and should face him like a man. Says enough is enough. Says if he finds a stalker, he's going to die a thousand deaths. He goes over to JR and says uh, Jim Ross was the first one to who got the message. And, uh, you know, he's saying, well, who'd you get it from? He goes, I don't know. I got it from a uh, courier, but he didn't say who it was. Um, You know, Paul sort of insults the Undertaker, but not really. Like he just says, if it was my old lady, but, you know, Undertaker wasn't having it. And. He smacked the crap out of Paul Heyman. Like, it was more of like a punch, too. Like, Undertaker just really wailed on Heyman, uh, you know, after, um, after like, Paul says his line. Uh, another video comes on the screen of Sarah cleaning the deck. So, Undertaker is pissed. What do you think of this segment? Yeah, as I say, take, Taker shows a lot of fire here. Um, he's obviously going to absolutely destroy uh, whoever this ends up being. Um, I, I feel like he always. I feel like people always are quick to uh, go go after Jr. and kind of chastise him and be like, "Well, you get the tape, so where the heck did you get it from? Uh, don't make me beat your ass, you know." So, and then he really gives. Uh, he really socks Heyman one. It's a it's a pretty stiff shot. So I, I wonder if there was a little bit of uh, uh, tension or uh, <laughs> a little bit of uh, hatred in, in that punch that he gave him. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. Pretty good segment. Shows that uh, Taker's serious and wants to find out who the heck's messing with his family. Backstage, we get uh, Undertaker finding Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon is pleading with the Undertaker. It has nothing to do with Sarah. Says that Shane McMahon might have something, might be involved in it. You know, since Shane McMahon is doing this whole WCW invasion, maybe he knows who's stalking, or maybe it might be one of the WCW invader so Vince really sells Shane right down the river so we'll see uh, if Undertaker does any more investigating or or interrogating you know <laughs> uh, guilty until proven innocent interrogation might I add uh, you know yeah. of, uh, who is stalking his wife here Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's going to do a lot more uh, interrogating than he is investigating for sure. So he's going to beat some ass and uh, beat beat some answers out of somebody. So it uh, looks like Shane might be his next target. Yeah, we have another King of the Ring qualifying match now. Rhino versus Taz. <laughs> Suplex by Taz. Kicks to Rhino. Rhino to kicks Rhino to the outside. Clothesline by Rhino. A suplex by Rhino. 
Taz actually gores Rhino for a two count. Taz mission to Rhino, but gets countered. And then Taz gets gored for the win. I went um I went um a star and a half here, Logan. I thought it was good, you know, like good matches by good suplexes by Taz. Uh, you know, and I found it amazing that Taz uh stole Rhino's finisher for a uh Trying to get the win with the gore for a two count here. It was uh, it was a little bit good. It was good. Uh, nothing really special here, but I went a star and a half on it. Yeah, I went a star and a half as well. Perfectly fine little back and forth match between these uh, two ECW originals that never, I don't think, really uh, intermingled with each other in ECW because Rhino kind of came in after Taz or as Taz was kind of uh, going out. So these two never really uh, did much in ECW together. So it's kind of cool seeing these two ECW legends go at it. Um but I, I I was honestly kind of surprised that they gave Taz as much offense as they did because he's kind of working into the commentary role at this point. He's not really um, he's not really wrestling very much anymore. Uh, and they even kind of say that on uh, I think Ross mentions that on commentary. So it was kind of weird that he was even in this match and especially that he got as much offense as he did. But I thought it was perfectly fine, uh, one and a half. But uh, yeah, obviously they want to push Rhino going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Rhino will advance in the King of the Ring tournament. As uh, we saw early here that Jeff Hardy uh, advanced the King of the Ring tournament, too. Mm-hmm. Backstage, Stone Cold is paranoid about what surprise Mick Foley has for for him for his upcoming match with, with Chris Jericho for the title tonight. He sends Deborah to try and get answers from Foley because... Deborah was deputy commissioner mistress to Foley uh, during his uh, run. Towards the end, you know, uh, Deborah was mm. brought in and uh, was the uh, deputy deputy commissioner. Um, so she goes off and she finds uh, Foley by the can by the vending machine. Well, actually, like you know, Foley uh, Foley's with Trish Stratus and. He said some funny things, you know, what, um, you know, like to get her pumped up for her uh, bra and panties match here tonight with Terry. I forget what he said. He said something about Alexander Hamilton mm-hmm. and like, you know, they should have settled it in a bra and panties match. She's really saying some weird, funny things here to get Trish pumped up for uh, her match with Terry tonight. Yeah, just an absurd back and forth between Trish and uh, Foley, for sure. She's trying to go along with it, but she's just like, oh, okay, I'll go along with it. That's fine. <laughs> so that devil brings chocolate to make and tries to get Foley to tell the surprise, but Foley gives Deborah a book and will not reveal the uh, surprise. So Deborah has failed. Christian is backstage with Edge. He wanted to be Intercontinental Champion. Says he's going to enter the King of the Ring and win the tournament. Edge is like, all right, little bro, do what you must, you know. Let's see if you can do it. Seems like um, like they're planting, like, Christian's jealousy a little bit here. Not really something, you know, but, like, you know, Christian's always trying to do, like, what Edge does. You know, Edge got an intercontinental title shot. Now it's Christian's turn. Edge is entering the tournament. Now Christian's going to enter the tournament. So 
you know, I feel like they're planting those early seeds of Christian being jealous here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're definitely trying to tease uh, a little something that's going on between these two. So um, obviously both are going to be in the tournament. So uh, we'll see where that kind of leads them. Maybe they'll face each other in some round eventually. Um, but uh, it, it obviously is kind of leading to some tension uh, between the two. So now we have an interview with Chris Jericho. Jericho goes over all of his accomplishments, how he became, you know, intercontinental champion and European champion. And that for an hour, like a, a 45 minutes to an hour on a Monday Night Raw, Chris Jericho beat Triple H for the WWF title last year with that fast count by Earl Hebner. But Triple H obviously gets the title back. Um, says Stone Cold deserves to get his ass, deserves to get his ass kicked, and he and Chris Jericho deserves to be WWF champion. Yeah, good little promo by uh, Jericho here. Um, talks about that that night where he was uh, WWF champion for about uh, forty five minutes to an hour, like you said. Uh, th- that was one of the greatest accomplishments of his life, and he wants to feel that feeling again, like he always says. So, um, yeah, a good little promo uh, hyping up the main event by Jericho here. Yep. And now we have the filler match of the week, basically. It's the Braun <laughs> match. It's Trish Stratus versus Terry. A bulldog to Terry. Trish removes Terry's bra. High heels on Trish. Trish's hair, so... Terry is basically just like stepping on like um, you know Trish's hair with um, with her mm-hmm. high heels, which must hurt really. Uh, Trish's bra gets removed. Perry Saturn comes out in a robe, and he disrobes, wearing bra and panties, basically, <laughs> which was so weird. You know, just mm-hmm. Perry Saturn is really getting his. Head knocked, uh, knocked around, and uh, you know now he's uh, wearing women's undergarments here. Terry mm-hmm. gets in, and then her panties removed. I went a quarter star, uh, Logan. I I didn't even honestly rate it. Uh, it's just kind of to get uh, Perry out there to show off his new gimmick of where he's uh, not mentally all there. I'll say so. Uh, yeah, he's a little he's got he's a little loopy from a shot that I believe he took. Uh, Previously, so uh, he he's not uh, he he doesn't have all his faculties, we'll say, and uh, I think that's just kind of put over that character throughout this match. But a good win for Trish, but I didn't I didn't I didn't rate it because it wasn't much of much of a match and it didn't last very long. So okay, so now we have our main event it is for the WWF title. It is Stone Cold versus Chris Jericho. Mick Foley comes out. The surprise is he's going to be the outside referee for the match. Austin Austin starts out by stomping Chris Jericho. A dropkick to Austin by Jericho. Chops to Austin. Jericho locks in the walls of Jericho, but Austin gets the ropes. A springboard dropkick by Jericho. Austin slams Jericho into the steps and throws Jericho into Foley. Jericho throws Austin into the steps. Foley throws Austin back into the ring. Bulldog to Austin. Jericho misses the line saw. A spine buster to Jericho by Austin. Austin low blows Jericho. Austin goes back to work. 
basically on Jericho. You know, he's getting beat. And then a low blow to Austin. Uh, uh, like, um, you know, um, a uh, dropkick by uh, Jericho. A hurricanrana to Austin for a two count. Jericho goes into Earl Hebner. The walls of Jericho to Austin. So Foley looks like he's about to ring the bell for Chris Jericho if Austin were to submit. William Regal takes out Foley. And then Foley comes in with a chair, but he accidentally misses Stone Cold and hits Jericho with the chair. Austin covers Jericho for a two count. And then Austin gets a stunner. Uh, to Jericho for the th- for the three count. I went three stars on this match here, Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was clunky around the end, like you know, with uh, Rio coming out. But you know, you need somebody to handle Chris Jericho's misfortune, Chris Jericho, because Mr. McMahon was barred from ringside. So the next best thing is William Regal. But I think the finish was a little clunky with. Um, you know, Regal, Regal coming out, fully hitting, accidentally hitting Jericho, and then just like the stunner, you know, for the win. So I went three stars, but I think the finish was a little clunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only went two and a half on it. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It, it, it got a little convoluted there at the end. Uh, you know, they didn't really need Foley and Regal to be out there. You know, it could have just been. Uh, Regal kind of costing uh, Jericho at some point uh, and kind of getting out of there uh, with that. But um, I, I do like that McMahon kind of used the workaround. Obviously, he couldn't interfere, so he sent the next best person out, which would be Regal, uh, to kind of interfere on his behalf. Um, I thought it was a solid match uh, between the two guys, but like you said, it got kind of clunky at the end. It was good back and forth, uh, really well worked by the two guys. But, yeah, I went two and a half. Uh, I thought it could have been better for sure. I think these guys definitely have had better and will have better uh, matches in the future. So um, it, it was good. I thought the matches worked well, but uh, too, a little too much interference there at the end. So the post-match segment has Jericho locking the walls of Jericho on Regal, and then Foley uh, gives Regal Mr. Sacco. So uh, <laughs> Regal gets uh, punished for interfering with uh, combined walls of Jericho and Mr. Sacco. Mm-hmm. And that's going to end that show. Oh, that's going to end Monday Night Raw. So Jericho is still a thorn in Austin's side as well, along with Chris Benoit. But I wanted to talk um, and ask you, what did you think of Hugh Morris interfering uh, for WCW? I, I thought, I, you know, like I said, it was another guy just to pop in. Uh, may, maybe not the biggest star or anything like that, but I think, like I said, I think it's kind of building towards some bigger stars as we go. So it was uh, exciting to see another WCW guy come in. Um, maybe the next one will be a guy that's a little bit more important, uh, but we'll see. Um, but I, I thought it was pretty cool that they are continuing to kind of bring in a guy a week, it seems. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you because um, – if you recall in WCW's like dying days or like the dying months of WCW, Hugh Morris was getting a push a little bit with the United States title. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they, I mean, and I thought hmm, he might have some name credibility if you were watching WCW at the time. Do you think this is a spot for, say, 
Chris Canyon to come in. Yeah, I mean that that, that definitely could have been uh, that, that definitely would have been a lot cooler. I think he was a bigger star kind of towards the end of WCW. Uh, he definitely is a better worker, I would say. Um, so yeah, that would have been a cool spot for him to come in. Uh, maybe he could be the next guy that could be a little bit bigger of a star that they could build uh, kind of towards some of those higher higher tier guys. So, um, but yeah, Canyon could have been an awesome spot here. So for sure. Yeah, because, like, you know, it's like, well, maybe you don't put, maybe, like, Canyon is, like, more of the medium where it's like, oh, we should save him, you know? But, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think Hugh Morris is probably good at this spot, too. Plus, it's like, do we even know if Canyon is a part of this? Like, who do we actually really have, you know? They probably were still, like, figuring out some of these, like, deals. But it does seem Mm -hmm. in set in stone, like, who we're getting and by the looks of it, what we're getting from Lance Storm and Hugh Morris, like maybe this can be really good or it can be really bad, you know, depending how you look at it. Yeah. 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 And maybe, maybe it was kind of a a contract situation. Like maybe they were signing guys as they went and, you know, like Morris and Storm immediately signed and were like, yeah, I'm I'm in, I'll I'll come work for y'all. And maybe they advanced the other guys a little bit. So that's why they didn't come in as quickly, but that, that could be definitely a thing that could have happened. Mm-hmm. So now, Logan, we are going to SmackDown, June 7th. We're at the University of North Dakota. We start kickoff with a King of the Ring qualifying match. It is Kurt Angle versus Hardcore Holly. So we, uh, <laughs> we take us back to Raw with that six-band tag. You can see that uh, Holly and Kurt Angle were glaring at each other, and then when uh, Kurt Angle gets the win over Bubba. Hardcore is not happy because, you know, Angle is the one getting the pin. Meanwhile, Kurt Angle is like celebrating, like, yeah, yeah, I did it, I did it. And Hardcore is really not happy with uh, Kurt Angle. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this King of the Ring qualified match because Kurt Angle said he wanted to defend his title. So, he's going to have to go through the whole tournament like everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Across Cross body to Kurt, Kurt to start off. A back body drop and clothesline to Kurt. Big boot by Hardcore. Belly to belly suplex by Kurt Angle. An ankle lock by Kurt, but Hardcore gets the ropes. A German suplex by Kurt. Stab suplex by Kurt. Hardcore, you know, so Kurt Angle goes up for the moonsault here. And everyone's like, oh boy, here we go again. You know, even the announcers are like hyping, like, this is what broke Holly's arm. He's got to be careful. <laughs> Counters the moonsault by it with his knees. A huge drop kick to Kurt. Hardcore lands a diving leg drop, you know, which I thought looked sick for a two count. Kurt Angle then hits the Olympic, hits the angle slam for, I don't know if it was Fang Angle Slam or the Olympic Slam, but he. Uh, gets uh, the win with the Olympic slam here. So I went two and a half on it. It was a really good match here. Uh, you know, these guys were laying in a lot of blows and, uh, you know, hardcore is stiff, but I think Kurt Angle can be snug as well. So uh, they seem like the really good opponents here. And, you know, all eyes were really on Kurt. Is he going to land the moonsault again? Is he going to re-break uh, <laughs> poor Holly's arm? So I went two and a half here. 
Yeah, I actually went. Uh, I actually went three on this one. I, I thought this was a really shockingly really good physical match. I thought they really stiffed the shit out of each other the whole time. Uh, Hardcore got some rage out early, obviously uh, taking out some aggression from Angle previously breaking his arm, like we've mentioned quite a few times at this point. I thought the belly to belly to the outside on the outside was really nasty looking. I thought it made a pretty good thud. Um, I, I'll always say this, any pod that I do that Hardcore Holly does a drop kick on, but he has the best drop kick in the entire business. It's so smooth and elegant looking, so uh, I'll always put over that. Um, but like I said, just a really shockingly good, that kind of, kind of came out of nowhere for me, but real physical match, and uh, I thought it was a great way to open the show. So I went three on it. Very good, very good. Yeah, it was a really great match, and of course, Kurt Angle gets the win, so he would advance, and uh looking to retain his King of the Ring uh, title here. So Kurt Angle uh, qualifies, and uh, he'll keep on moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, sorry about that. Backstage. No, yeah. <laughs> says he is going to wait for Shane McMahon man to arrive. You know, I, uh, you know, they're all saying, like, the limos uh, driving around. So Shane Undertaker is really just going to wait for Shane McMahon. Stone Cold comes to the ring, says he is looking for a fight, says him and Mr. McMahon, him and Mr. McMahon will become the tag champions, as we were alluded to tonight, that it's going to be Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho putting the WWF tag, tag team titles on the line against Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon, which I thought was uh, shocking when I first watched this back. I was like, wow, it's going to be Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon, but we'll see how that pans out. Uh-huh. Says he can beat both Jericho and Benoit at the same time. When he says this, Logan, uh-huh. I must have gotten one step ahead of myself. I thought this was when Linda comes out and tells Stone Cold what his King of the Ring plans are going to be, but uh, I think that's mm-hmm. for another week. But when he said that, I thought, is this yep. when that comes out? It's, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, man, he said that line, and I hit, that's going to come back to haunt him later. Uh, I didn't know if this was when the match got announced, but I, I knew that that line was going to come back to bite him. But, yeah, him and Vince going for the tag titles was definitely an interesting way. I, and I definitely didn't see that coming uh, when I started this SmackDown. So uh, definitely an interesting main event for us later. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. So then, um, yeah, so Stone Cold um, so Stone Cold is basically, uh, you know, looking for a fight. Says him and uh, Mr. McMahon will uh, become the tag team champions uh, here tonight. Backstage, Spike and Molly say they like to, they like, they like each other, and they try and kiss, but they're interrupted by Perry Saturn, who I believe said, "Monkeys use sign language to tell dolphins they love them." <laughs> Something around there, I believe. I remember picking up. So they're like, uh, "Thanks, Perry. We're just going to be leaving right now." And then he says, "You're welcome." <laughs> Which becomes yeah, so, a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, it does. So you know, Spike and Molly are trying to find a hiding spot just to you know confess their love to each other. Mister McMahon, Mister McMahon, and Regal are talking talking backstage. And um, Mr. Uh, Regal says, Mr. McMahon says he would like some 
popcorn. So Regal sends to Jerry to go get Mr. McMahon some popcorn. Like, Mr. McMahon would really want to be eating popcorn on a live television show, really. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they're talking about CW limo being outside. But Mr. McMahon says, no, let the limo in because he wants to see Shane McMahon get his butt kicked by The Undertaker because he knows that Undertaker's looking for Shane, so he thinks Shane's in the limo. So he says, let him in. Like, you know, just let it go. Oh, and so, uh, you know, so Shane McMahon is going to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, he's going to get his ass kicked as soon as he comes in. So Vince kind of actually wants the WCW presence to be there uh, tonight. Yep. So we have a light heavyweight title match, Logan. I don't know how uh, I don't know how previewed you are to the light heavyweight title, but there was a light heavyweight title in mm-hmm. and it's still going at this time. We have Jeff Hardy versus Jerry Lynn. I don't know any other match besides this that where Jerry Lynn defends his light heavyweight title here, but. This is the only one I know of. Yeah, he didn't make too many uh, TV appearances for sure. I think he was a Heat regular uh, at, at this point. I think he was on Heat and uh, Jacked and Metal and all that kind of stuff uh, pretty regularly. But he does not appear on SmackDown or Raw uh, very often. Definitely not Raw, but maybe a SmackDown here and there. But um, I think he's definitely the C-show king at this point. Yeah, he <laughs> won the... He even won the light heavyweight title on Sunday night. He is pointed out by Michael Cole. So mm-hmm. uh, you can tell how they're using Jerry Lynn here. Jeff misses, <laughs> Jeff misses a crossbody to the outside. A light drop to Jeff, Jeff Hardy's head. So, like, you know, his head's this way. And, like, literally, um, Jerry Lynn, like, drops the leg right onto uh, the back of uh, Jeff's neck there. Mm-hmm. So then, um, so then a head, uh, back suplex to Jeff, a jawbreaker by Jeff, corkscrew moonsault to Jerry, tornado DDT countered by Jeff, and then Jeff Hardy gets the swanton bomb in for a, for a victory. So he pins Jerry Lynn for the win. So we have a new light heavyweight champion, that is Jeff Hardy. I went a star and a half here, Logan. Um, it was good, but I'm not really a privy preview to Jerry Lynn's type of style here, especially in his short run with WWF as well. So like he seemed to have like a good move set, but like he also seems very out of place here as well. So I feel like this is good to get the title off of uh Jerry Lynn and uh give it to Jeff Hardy mm-hmm. here. Yeah, 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 and with my uh, with my TNA knowledge, of of course, I know a little bit more about uh, Jerry Lynn for sure. Uh, I actually went a little a little way bit higher uh, than you on this. I actually went two and three quarters. I thought it was really awesome. Uh, Lynn obviously makes a rare appearance here, but they do mention that they think he's one of the greatest light heavyweight champions there's ever been in the company. So that's kind of amazing that he's hardly ever on TV, but he's one of the best. Uh, that they've ever seen. I thought they really brought their working boots in this one. I really think if the light heavyweight division had been presented this way, like with this kind of match on a weekly basis, it probably could have gotten over. 
and lasted longer, uh, and they may not have had to switch to the cruiserweight uh, division. I mean, even though it's pretty much the same thing, pretty much the same weight division and all that kind of stuff, same style. Um, but I think if they had presented it throughout its history at this point, it would have been a lot more exciting uh, and could have been uh, a little bit more than it was. Uh, but a great week for Jeff. Uh, advances in the tournament and wins a belt along the way. So, I like I said, I went two, two and three quarters, but I, I'm a big Jerry Lynn fan, and I'm a very big Jeff, Jeff Hardy fan, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I'll have to uh, go back and uh, watch uh, some of the Jerry Lynn stuff. I um, mean, yeah, I actually saw Jerry Lynn uh, when we did that uh, TNA show, too, um, you know, with the That's one right. we covered, the highway. So, uh, mm. yeah, so might have to watch a little bit more of Jerry Lynn. And so, I mean, I'm a privy to his uh, ECW work, too, with Rob Van Dam. But I just thought that Jerry Lynn was, seems like a little out of place here uh, in the Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So now we get a new video of somebody again stalking The Undertaker. This time they're in a public parking lot. So, like, you know, the guy's like, are you safe, Sarah? Do you think you're <laughs> safe? This is The Undertaker's wife, Sarah. She's in public, so she's safer. <laughs> but that's what she thinks. <laughs> so, it's a really creepy voice. <laughs> yep. Terrifying. <laughs> great value, Earl Jones uh, got hired tonight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think he's like government cheese, great uh, James Earl Jones for sure. So <laughs> the WCW limo pulls up and Undertaker confronts it. However, Shane McMahon is not in the limo, so he's like, "Well." If you see Shane, tell him he's got a death wish. You better get out of here, too, or you'll be meeting The Undertaker as well. So whoever was in the limo, whether maybe it was Hugh Morris, Landstorm, or some other WCW uh, superstar in that limo, it was not Shane McMahon. So Undertaker is even more pissed. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do anything with that because it seems like he doesn't expect whoever – is in the limo to be there. So I'm surprised they didn't reveal somebody else, but uh, it, it was funny that he was like, why the hell are you here? Well, whatever, Shane, tell Shane he's, he's as a death wish and to come see me if he, if, if he wants to live. So, um, but yeah, just uh, kind of a weird segment. Yeah. I think it, I feel like they, maybe they could have revealed who it was, you know, like, uh, yeah. but you know, they wanted to save more surprises, you know, Imagine if it was the guy who was stalking Undertaker's wife or something like, but he doesn't know yet who it is. Like, oh, what are you doing here? Okay, later. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny if it ended up being who who it, who it ends up being being the stalker that was just in the limo and he had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, backstage again, Spike and Molly try to kiss. But this time they're interrupted accidentally by Tajiri, who's walking back with Mr. McMahon's popcorn. Spike bumps into him, and Tajiri literally just freaks out and drops the popcorn. So no popcorn for Mr. McMahon. And Tajiri is sort of like crying because he's like, oh, boy, I did bad. Mr. McMahon's going to be bad because he's not getting his popcorn. <laughs> I screwed up again. Dead gummit. <laughs> 
And then we go to Stone Cold and Deborah. They're backstage. You can't stand the fact that Chris Benoit and Jericho are tag team champions, but I think it's also that they beat him and Triple H for those tag team titles too. So that's why he's mad that they are the tag team titles because um, they beat Austin and Triple H too, but he blames the match on Triple H like it was his fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just wants all the gold, so he's uh, jealous that uh, they not only they not only beat them, but uh, it was it, he he wants to be a double champion once again. So um, definitely je- a little bit of jealousy going on there, and he just hollers at Deborah because she happens to be the person that's in the room with him. Yep. So we have another Intercontinental title match. You know, Kane is really doing a lot with the title here. You know, he's a he's a champion. Like he's a champion's champion. Like, you know, Stone Cold says Kane is really like putting this Intercontinental title on the line day, night in, night out versus everyone here. As he will take on X-Pac, X-Pac of the X-Factor. And no, Logan, they didn't get to uh, Uncle Cracker yet. Nope. Yep, I, I think it's officially dubbed out of all the WWE Network or Peacock stuff. So um, we never get the, we never get the dulcet tones of Mister Cracker. So <laughs> I was gonna say maybe it slipped by on the invasion on the uh, invasion pay per view. I don't know, but yeah, I think it's random. I think I want to say it's randomly on one of the pay per views, but like all the weekly TVs, it's this random dub that's <laughs> terrible. Um, I don't think it was a random dub because I think also like in the SmackDown just bring it game that I had for PS2, it is put in there. So okay. I think they went with that and then they went with Uncle Cracker too. So unless they couldn't get the music rights to Uncle Cracker and they're like, well, we got to dub something for the video game as well. So really all mm-hmm. depends on copyright laws. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure it was something to do with not wanting to pay rights or something like that. So they just uh, threw something together pretty quick. But whatever the alternate version of that song is, is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Kane goes to work on Xbox and then Xbox pushes Kane into a bicycle kick by Albert. Xbox nails the X Factor and a Bronco Buster on Kane. Kane tries to choke slam X-Pac, but Albert distracts him. Big boots are just incredible. Kane throws X-Pac on the outside to Albert. Then Albert throws X-Pac out of the way. So Kane nails Albert with the flying clothesline. Kane hits a powerbomb on X-Pac for the win. I like this match. I gave it two and a quarter, Logan. Uh, I thought it was a very good uh Strong match here, even though Xbox kind of like cheats. You know, he puts up very mm-hmm. good moves and a strong offense on McCain as well, especially with the back to back. Like he gets the X Factor and the Bronco Buster too on too. Mm-hmm. So I like this match. And again, King shows dominance too. So I went two and a quarter. And then, you know, the post uh, post match uh, X Factor gangs up on Kane and Albert hits the Baldo bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this was uh, really a vehicle to kind of put uh, Albert over, I think. I think he gets a lot of, like, interference, and then obviously the stuff after the match. Uh, 
he gets a little bit over on Kane. Um, but I, we've kind of talked about it on Raw, but this is just kind of another occurrence of Kane kind of overcoming the odds. He kind of cut over, had to overcome Edge and Christian on Raw, and he had to overcome all of X-Factor in this match to kind of just beat X-Pac. X-Pac got some good moves in. Uh, it kind of looked like he may pull it off at one point because he hits the, like you said, the X-Factor and the Bronco Buster back-to-back, but Kane kind of rises up um, and then... Uh, yeah, obviously hits the awesome uh, layout power bomb once again for the win. Um, but yeah, they they definitely seem to maybe be doing something with Albert because I think he gets a lot over on Kane through this. But I went two on the match. I thought it was solid. Um, and you know these guys have chemistry from back when they were a tag team, so I think they're they, they're a good pair to put together. Yes, indeed. Backstage now we have Mick Foley. He apologized to Jericho for costing him the title on Monday. You know, Mick Foley said, Mick Foley tries to give him the book. Again, you know, Jericho was like, thanks, Mick, but I really don't want it. Next time, just like, stay out of my business. So, you know, Jericho's forgiving, but he is still kind of mad at Foley that, um, you know, Foley got involved and uh, hit him with a chair. Yeah, yeah. Jericho's uh, very forgiving, but he says, next time, just stay out of my business and let me handle it on my own. So uh, good for Jericho to kind of want to accomplish it on his own. But uh, being being also, uh, he accepts uh, Foley's apology and being a good guy. So, yep. Yep. Commissioner Regal then comes to the ring. He's in a foul mood. Says he tried to enforce fairness. Says McFoley almost caused the tragedy on Raw. Says Regal, Regal saves Stone Cold and says Foley is no longer commissioner and demands respect. Says he was a better commissioner than Foley. Foley comes out, says he is a number one best selling offer. Oh, and uh, Regal also said that William Shakespeare would be rolling in his grave knowing that Foley is an author, which I thought was so. Larry is like funny too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Foley said, yeah. "Yeah, no, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead." No, I, I was just it okay. was it was hilarious that they kept bringing up uh, Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, Foley says uh, that Regal was a horse's Regal is a horse's ass. <laughs> you know, he says like, "Oh, to quote Shakespeare again, you are a horse's ass." I don't think Shakespeare said that. (laughs) (laughs) Says when he was commissioner, the WWF was fun. And then Regal calls for security uh, to escort Foley out of the ring, out of the building. So then when they're uh, backstage, you know, um, like Foley um, trying to sell the book to the security guards, and he gives the sock to one of the guards, like, give that to your kid, he'll remember it forever. Yeah, good, good, good stuff by Foley here. Um, you know, <laughs> Regal calls up a pillock and says he's besmirching the WWF and all that kind of stuff by uh, writing a book and all that kind of stuff. But good, good little uh, couple of good lines by Regal, but uh, good little comedy with the security guards walking out, like you just said, with Foley kind of trying to give him the book and the sock. So, um, not not a bad little segment here. Yep. So, Shane McMahon is backstage. He's looking for The Undertaker. And uh, Tess is backstage as well, preparing for his match versus Edge for a King of the Ring spot. You know, Tess is like, Shane, don't get involved, man. Just let Undertaker handle his business. Don't go looking for trouble, you know. 
Undertaker's on a ramp on a war war path, you know, to try and beat him. So Shane McMahon is saying that he's not afraid and he's just gonna go talk to the Undertaker here. Yeah, yeah. Tess trying to be a good friend, kind of warning him that uh, you know, Taker's on a uh, uh, ready to kill somebody. So uh, and as soon as he finds uh, Shane, he's probably going to at least try to do that to him. Uh, so, yeah, de- definitely being a good friend there, Test was. Yep. So now we have the Dudley boys versus Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko. Like we said before, Logan, Perry Saturn and Dean are really trying to still keep the, uh, like, the radical theme alive, even though the radicals are basically no more. You know, they're still trying to be them by going out to like the music, you know, and still saying that, Hey, you know, we're still here and we still got some, uh, ring wrestle left in us, you know? So we'll see Mm -hmm. what happens here. But again, Mm -hmm. you know, Harry is just, uh, out of it, you know, and doesn't really pay attention anymore. He's not following directions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he tries to grab, uh, he tries to grab Malenko's crotch. I think when uh, they're coming out to the ring. So, uh, definitely, uh, uh, still spacing out, uh, Saturn is. So yeah, Bubba, Bubba gets thrown by Saturn, a face plant to Saturn by Bubba spinning elbow. Uh, um, but, you know, like the spinning like elbow by Devon, like he does like a little like 180 spin and just like lands the elbow into Perry, a tag to Dean, a shoulder drop to Dean. The backdrop, a backdrop to Dean, and then a was up bomb to Dean by Devon, and then Perry Saturn goes like he's on the outside, and he's looking at the Dudley Boys' glasses, and he puts on Bubba Ray's, and then Perry Saturn thinks he's a Dudley Boy. He goes up to the top, and he gives Team Malenko a what's up bomb too. Which I found very like odd and shocking. It's like, what is going on here? You know, so Perry <laughs> thinks he's a Dudley boy. He jumps off and hits Dean as well. And then Perry Saturn says, Devon, get the <laughs> get the muffins <laughs> and, and get the three D for his troubles. Mm-hmm. I went a star and a half, by the way, the Dudley boys win. I I got a star and a half here. Not a whole lot from Dean and Perry, but I think the segment itself was just funny. Like when Saturn puts on the glasses, he thinks he's a Dudley boy and he does the what's up bomb. But even Devon had a lot of offense too, you know, where we see most of it from from Bubba. Devon gets that spinning like 180, like flying clothesline. And then he does like a lot of shoulder dives too. So a lot from Devon as well. So a star and a half, it's fine. A good showing from the Dudleys and a little another funny skit from uh from Perry as well. Yeah, I, I went one and a quarter on it. I, I you know it wasn't much of a match past the opening little uh segment because Perry does his stuff and uh puts over his new character that he has, he puts on the Dudley glasses. I think he actually does the little what's up uh thing and he has the glasses on and that actually ends up cutting him and he ends up bleeding a little bit. So uh he gets a little color for his troubles. Um but yeah not not much of a match at past the first little opening minutes but the opening couple minutes were pretty good uh for what it was worth but um yeah just more more perry hilarity throughout the rest of, for, throughout this match but a uh, good win for the dudleys at the same time 
So now we get um, now backstage, we get Shane McMahon. He finds the Undertaker. And then, uh, well, actually, he finds Kane. Like, you know, he asks, Kane, where's your brother? Undertaker's right there. And Undertaker slams Shane McMahon into an ice maker. And he's just like wailing on Shane. But then Kane intervenes, like, I think he's telling the truth. Stop, man. Like, you gotta stop. He's telling the truth. It's not him. He doesn't know anything. And he's like, Shane is like literally a near inch from death. He's like, I swear. I don't know anything, so he really does not know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good little physical segment. Uh, <laughs> Taker really beats the shit out of him here. Um, but but it was good to see uh, Shane uh, actually have that conversation. Uh, and Kane, I don't really know what his uh, thought process was. I don't know if he has some kind of like uh, old alliance with Shane that he feels the need to kind of help him out here. But um uh, good to play the middleman and kind of play the good guy in this situation and be like, yeah, I don't think he really knows anything. I think he's telling the truth. So um, definitely a good little beat, beat up segment in the back, but um, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Taker is able to accomplish going forward. Mm-hmm. So then now we get a, um, now we get another backstage segment, um, you know, uh, the Hardy boys are celebrating uh, their uh, victory, you know, uh, Jeff's being coming the light heavyweight title, heavyweight champion. So they're all uh, celebrating, you know, it's a big uh, for the Hardy Boys. Then, you know, Christian is backstage. You know, he wants gold and he wants to win something, you know. So, like, they're really talking of him and Edge are really talking about, you know, the path to the King of the Ring um, tournament, you know, and getting to, like, you know, the finals of it. Maybe they'll meet each other, you know. So it's like destiny here tonight. And then we get William Regal, who guarantees Mr. McMahon that they will be, that he will be a tag team champion with Stone Cold. But the real question is, where's the Jerry in the popcorn? <laughs> I, I, I think he just, I think he just tucked tail and ran. I think he just left the building. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I hope he eventually gets Mr. McMahon his popcorn because Mr. McMahon will probably be pretty mad if he doesn't get it. But, um, oh, yeah, I, I think he, I think, I think he may have spilled it and been like, ah, I think I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> I'm so surprised that Mr. McMahon was like, Regal, where's my popcorn I asked for? <laughs> where's my popcorn, pal? Yep. <laughs> so now we have our another, our second King of the Ring, uh, uh match, qualified match. It is Tess versus Edge. Tess goes to work on Edge. A clothesline to Edge. A clothesline by Christian after Tess chased uh, Edge right into Christian. Edge slams Tess' uh, knee into the barricades. And, like, Edge, Tess is really favoring the knee. Like, you know, it, like, it is really uh, hurting, him, hurting him a lot. Um, you know, um... So like he's just going to work on the knee. A roll by Tess for a two count. Tess counters Edge. A tilt to world slam by Tess. Tess gets speared by Edge. A pump handle slam to Edge, but Christian puts Edge's foot on the rope. A big boot to Christian by Tess, and then Edge um, 
Edge does like the uh, face plant slam. Like, you know, it's good. It's the execution, but they don't really call it that yet. They didn't find a name for it. But like, it's a really like, incredible move. Like how like that, uh, how that face plant is. And uh, he gets the win there. So Edge advances. I went two stars. It's a fine, uh, you know, these two put on a really good uh, performance here. You know, uh, good, um, good tactics by Christian, you know, the running clothesline. And then uh, putting uh, Edge's foot on the rope as well, taking one for the team too with the big boots. So I went two stars on the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went two stars as well. Um, Tess pretty much dominated the early portions, and then Edge started to kind of work over the leg. So good, good limb work there. Um, Tess kind of gets a late late surge uh, late in the match, but kind of ultimately falls victim to the numbers game that him and or that Edge and Christian kind of. Uh, Used throughout the match, uh, Christian on the outside, uh, kind of providing all the help that Edge needs to get the victory here. But a solid match, like you said, but nothing nothing overly special. But, yeah, two stars. Yep. And then, um, you know, so we'll see uh, where everyone goes uh, as we uh, as these uh, King of the Ring matches uh, get underway as well. We, have, we are now at our main event for SmackDown here tonight. It is the tag team title match. It is Chris Benoit and Jericho versus Stone Cold and Mrs. McMahon. Jericho and Benoit are in the ring, and they are waiting for Stone Cold and Mrs. McMahon. However, Commissioner Regal comes out. He tells Benoit and Jericho that they will be in a non-title warm-up match. And now come the APA. So I guess uh, Regal was giving... uh, Mr. McMahon's uh, checkbook to the acolytes because here they come out, you know, ready to kick ass to Jericho and Benoit. Didn't really see a lot of the uh, acolytes on uh, the last uh, the last uh, week of showings as well, but uh, here they are now. I'm surprised they um, I'm surprised they uh, came out to this. You know, they would have probably told Regal to stick it, but here they are. They must be working for Mr. McMahon here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that they'll they'll take the money from anybody if you know anybody that's willing to hire or quote unquote hire them. Um, uh, they'll they'll take the payment from. But uh, I thought for the match that they had with uh, the little match they had with the APA, uh, didn't go quite even three minutes. But I, I thought they put together some good physical uh, offense uh, with each other. But um, not not bad. Yeah, like, uh, you know, Bradshaw gets a big boot in, German suplex, you know, flying forearm, a DDT to Farouk, and a lion stop by Jericho. So they win there. Then out come Big Show and Rhino. Rhino for another uh, warm-up match. Double clothesline by Big Show. Rhino goes to work on Jericho. A sidewalk slam by Big Show. Rhino misses the gore. Then wall chops, you know, walls of Jericho and a crossface, the big show. But Rhino comes out, hits both of them with a chair, you know, and then two gores to Jericho as well and a choke slam to Benoit. So finally, after these uh, warm up tune up matches, when Benoit and Jericho are at their weakest here, out come Mr. McMahon and Stone Cold. Mr. McMahon says he has it. He basically covers Benoit, but Benoit kicks out. Benoit locks in a crossface to Vince, but that's broken up by Austin. Benoit counters a stunner into German suplexes. Austin slams both Benoit and Jericho into the announcer's table. 
a superplex to Benoit by Austin. Austin puts Benoit into the cross face. Um, but, um, you know, he gets, uh, but then Austin gets a stunner, but Benoit counters it. And then Benoit basically rolls up Stone Cold by grabbing his tights. So for this portion of the match here, I went two stars. I didn't rate the other, like, two warm-up matches. I did two stars here. It was a good performance, you know. A little lackluster because it's not a full match with Mr. McMahon and Stone Cold. Whether or not they knew that Mr. McMahon, Vince, cannot do like this, even though it was a tag match, so he wouldn't have to do that much work. I was surprised because I thought it was going to be, like, a full um, full match, but it ends up just being, like, a mm-hmm. little, like, match segment. You know, but I went two stars. A very good showing here uh, by, uh, you know, the competitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went two and a quarter for kind of the whole package. All three matches kind of combined. Um, they did. They gave uh, Rhino and Big Show a lot of shine. Uh, continuing Rhino's kind of little push. Uh, he's in the tournament advanced on, on Raw, and, and he gets used in this tag match. But him and Big Show really kind of beat the crap out of uh, Jericho and Benoit for the majority of that match. Um, uh, they end up actually get, just getting disqualified using the chair. So, um, And then Big Show and Rhino keep keep beating the crap out of him after the match, uh, after that match. Um, and then the official match starts, of course. Uh, and it's not very long. It's like three minutes. Um, but like, like you said, I, I'm kind of, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get the whole match. But I kind of understand that this was them uh, being super heels, uh, kind of getting them beat down so they would be easier to defeat. But uh, I like that Benoit kind of got the uh, one up on Austin um, uh, with the with the, using the tights because Austin had beaten him the previous week with the tights. So uh, I enjoyed that they kind of did that little play back there. But, yeah, two and a quarter for kind of the whole package. Uh, could have been done a little better, but um, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah, so it looks like um, it looks like Benoit and Jericho are not going anywhere, and they are getting on Stone Cold's last nerves and Mr. Advance as well, but most of Stone Cold's because he does not know how to get rid of Benoit and Jericho here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he in that line he said earlier is going to come back to cost him for sure. Uh, that he oh, can take yeah. both of them on in the same match. <laughs> it will be. But um, do you think that Benoit is getting more of a shine than Jericho is? Because I do believe that. I gave um the Benoit match on Raw that he had like well, the last two weeks was all Benoit, and I still think that. Jericho is not getting the shine or the rub that Benoit is getting. I feel that the fans are more invested in Benoit's aggressive wrestling than they are with Jericho's, you know? Like, Benoit just seems like he's, like, the ultimate baby face. And it's like, what could have been with whatever didn't happen at King of the Ring, you know? Like, mm-hmm. with and everything, you know, like in 2001, if Benoit, like, you know, got through King of the Ring and he actually stayed, you know, what could have been? But it does seem that Benoit is getting more of the shine than Jericho is here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that for sure. Um, you know, he got the title match in his hometown um, and they had a pretty, that, that match was pretty solid. I, I think I remember it being uh, really good. 
uh, for the most part. Um, and, you know, Jericho, I think, and uh, he gets some shine, but I think they definitely try to put, or they're definitely putting uh, Benoit over as a little bit more aggressive and like a little bit more of the guy that maybe can defeat uh, Austin down the line. And Jericho's just kind of uh, playing along for the time being. But yeah, th- th- I think the crowd's definitely a little bit more behind Benoit, but um, they're, they're trying to present them as equals and that they're both going to go, uh, continue to go for Austin going forward. Yeah. Well, before we go, Logan, do you have anything that you want to plug and or direct the listeners to? Um, uh, a bunch of shows here on the uh, Place to Be Nation wrestling feed. Um, YouTube Roulette. Uh, we're going to be recording a new episode of that coming up. Uh, popcorn chicken or not popcorn chicken salad? Wrestling's chicken salad and Starflation. I do that with Callum and uh, both of those shows with Callum and Ben. We're going to be recording new episodes of those coming up. Uh, How we did the Impact Zone. Me and Jake actually recorded an episode last night. Uh, we uh, had some uh, sick patients. Uh, I had, had to miss the uh, recording with uh, some. Uh, uh, you, you know, they were they were feeling a little under the weather, so me and Jake just did it alone. Um, but that'll be coming out uh, pretty soon as well. And then who's next um, is a pod that I do with Andy of Current Day NXT. So um, I have some other stuff on the No So Feed, but I won't bother everybody with all, all the plugs that I have to do. So I'll just stop there. <laughs> Yeah, and as for me, you can find me here, right here, basically on the uh, Place to Be Nation wrestling feed. I have this show, and I also have um, Extreme Resurrection, where me and Steve Riddle are going back and covering ECW on the Sci-Fi Network. We are just hitting the rope. We are basically on to WrestleMania 23, as we're hitting the last two shows right before WrestleMania 23. And we will see the fallout of what happened between the battle of the billionaires with Bobby Lashley and Umaga and what is going to be the fallout of who won, who wins the match um, between the ECW originals and the new breed at WrestleMania 23 as well. So uh, big ups uh, to uh, Extreme Resurrection as well. You can find that on the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed. Well, that is going to do it for us for us on invasion um nation invasion but who will invade next in the wwf find out as we the nation continue this invasion